The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right, it's going down this Saturday night. I have two of my good friends in studio. I hope you guys are ready. It's going to be amazing. I have Sean and Lindsay Ellingson, a.k.a. Lindsay Snyder, president and owner of In-N-Out Burger in the studio. And this interview, guys, I've been waiting for for too many years. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, obviously schedules are crazy and you guys are doing amazing things. And that's what I want to talk about uh, today. So thank you guys for being on the show. Um, You guys are, you know, this is going to be a cool interview because I interview a lot of guests, but we have a a longer history together. So I'm excited to see what God's going to do through this conversation because when we get down to the nitty gritty, it's... Your guys' story is going to encourage so many people because as you guys are involved in ministry and helping people as I am, you hear so many different people that have gone through a lot of hardship and pain and sorrow. And, you know, this can, um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you do for a living, uh, whether you're, uh, you know, a rock star or you're owning a company or you're an attorney, a lawyer, or, a, you know, a father, stay-at-home mom. Um, pain and sorrow is, it's a real thing. And we're all the same when it comes down to at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what you do or what you have. And that's what this story is going to do today is it's going to encourage people where they're at that God loves them and sees them. And he has a plan for them. So I'm going to come back to you, Sean, because you don't come into the story later on. (laughs) But uh, let's get down uh, to you first, Lindsay. Um, How did you even grow up and um, how did this whole In-N-Out Burger thing birth? Um, well, um, so in and out started in 1948 by my grandparents and, um, my grandfather died in the late seventies and my uncle became the president when he was 24. Um, and then, um, my dad ended up, um, you know, they were working together. He was vice president, but, um, he started a family, a.k.a. my mom and myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he chose uh, the family over uh, the business, and we moved to Northern California. And um, probably the best thing he could have done for me. Um, and just having kind of a, a normal childhood up there. You know, people didn't really know. There weren't any in and outs up there, so it was completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that, that would be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was in the mountains on a ranch, so it was just a really, uh, really cool way to grow up and uh, a lot of quality time with my mom and dad up there and great memories. Um, so he was kind of apart from the company, and his brother, uh, my uncle, and I were very, very, very close. Mm-hmm. And um, Rich. Yeah. yeah awesome. And so my dad and him fought, you know, here and there. And it was over different things. And then, um, unfortunately, my father, my uncle died in a plane crash. And my dad and him hadn't completely squashed their stuff. So mm-hmm. it crushed my dad. Got it. Um, and he um, had to start running the company. And we came down here. And um, it was probably the worst school year of my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, now I'm faced with people, you know, knowing my family tie to in and out and all of that. And it was just, it was treated differently and, you know, it's, it sucked. So, yeah. 
um, my dad saw that and was like, you know, I'll just commute. Let's next year, let's go back up there. We'll do the school thing there and I'll go back and forth. And so he did that. And, you know, in doing that, in processing, losing his brother, now running the company, he ended up having to have another surgery. And then the painkillers led to, um, back to his addiction. Okay. So. so first of all, he, when he was growing up, he was into like racing cars and, mm-hmm. and dirt bikes. I and mean, he was just kind of like an outdoor, having a good time kind of guy, but all the surgeries yeah. is, is the common story. Getting introduced to the pain pills causes addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. The, um, surgeries, he broke his back when he was pretty young, he paralyzed, uh, partially paralyzed his arm and shoulder had all this nerve damage um, to his shoulder from a motorcycle accident. And um, um, he had messed around with, you know, some drugs uh, when he was younger and um, really kind of went towards painkillers. And so Mm -hmm. um, I, I think there was a lot of childhood pain um, he was abused by my grandfather, both my uncle and he were so, um, and then my dad being the older brother, um, you know, he got it kind of the worst and he was expected to set the good example. And so when he didn't or did something, you know, it was like all his fault. So, so there, there's a series of stuff that's kind of building up in his life. And when you guys were growing up, you guys had a good relationship, you and your dad, because every, yeah. as we hung out a lot. I've always hear all these awesome stories of you and your dad. He was around for you. Yeah. Yeah, my dad, um, I think because of his childhood, he learned a lot of what would have been important as a kid to have right. in, a, in a father. Right, right. And so he was, you know, sober. He was the best dad in the world. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the quality time we had from watching cartoons or um, riding around on quads or you know, I had a huge imagination and he was always game to play along. And so, you know, lots of special memories. And, um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately the pain from his childhood and, um, he did have an actual, um, condition where, and I have it too, where we metabolize, uh, drugs really quickly. Mm -hmm. So like if I have a prescription from a surgery, I just burned through it really quickly, like mm. so numbing my mouth and things. So he had that as well, and my mom didn't really believe it. Mm-hmm. And then when it happened to me, um, she just cried because she's like, "Wow, he really he was telling the truth." So, mm-hmm. which is what led to needing to take more and more and more. Right. And so, right. Yeah. So when your dad ended up passing away, how did that? How did you cope with that? Because he's, he's running in and out at this time. You're living in NorCal yep. away because you don't want anyone to really know your name and just kind of just be a kid and just grow yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the loss had already started because they got divorced when I was 12, and so he was 600 miles away. So I was already dealing with um, the daddy issue of missing, missing him and not having him in right. my life because he was not sober um, a lot of the years from the time they got divorced to the time he died. It was kind of off and on, mm-hmm. and it's hard looking back because I know my mom was trying to protect me, but I look back and I'm like, well, some of those windows he was supposedly sober, and I didn't get to see him, you yeah. know. So you, you would say it's very important for a father to be around for their for their daughters. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think the father relationship mm-hmm. in a home is um, 
it is so crucial to the rest of your life. Um, it, it affects a lot. It affects you as a person. It affects every relationship. Um, it, it even affects um, how you perceive God towards yourself. I believe if you have a loving father that you feel accepted by, mm -hmm. you likely feel that with God. If you feel like you were never good enough mm -hmm. or feel like, you know, um, less than or compared to another sibling, then I think um, naturally we can we can feel that way with God. That's that's really gnarly when you think about that, because if you do, if you do that to your kids and they're like, well, my father, they, they can't relate. My father was bad. So mm -hmm. why would they, why should I trust this other father? God. Yeah. yeah, man, that's that's heavy. Well, what'd you do? Oh, so were you a Christian growing up, or? Yeah, I <clears throat> I was a believer, and um, my walk kind of <laughs> went up and down. And um, you know, the thing that probably pulled me away from God was the typical stuff. Um, you know, being in high school, and um, you know, whether it was the, the music or. Um, boys, you know, yeah, um, the normal stuff, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the normal stuff. Yeah. And those were, you know, the relationship for me was trying to fill the void of missing my dad, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was in like long-term relationships starting yeah. at like 13. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that, that totally makes sense. So I know that you decided to get married to one of your boyfriends pretty early on. How did that go? Um, disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> so why'd you marry him? So, so early? Cause you were like 17 years old. Um, I was 17 when we got engaged. Yeah, okay. I was 14 when we met. Okay. And um, yeah, we, you know, <clears throat> I knew God totally let me know that this wasn't right. And I was just kind of like, I had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll deal with it later. Yeah. I, I call that to. running stop signs. The Holy Spirit gives you a stop sign and you run it. Yes, yeah. I did that mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it was, you know, we were together from... I was 14, got married at 18. Two years later, the marriage was done. Mm -hmm. um, lots of, there were plenty of red flags before. Yeah, that, so then yeah. when you go through that, as being divorced, you feel like you're just, feel like a failure pretty much. You know what I mean? Yes. You're just like, well, what happened? I, I had this chance because you have all these high hopes. Like, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. This is it. And yes. then it all just comes crumbling down and you're just lonely. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just speaking from my experience, lonely and and pain and depressed. Yeah, I I was already heavily involved with the company. Um, at that time? At that time. Okay. So you have the combination of, you know, me dealing with that. I had my first lawyer when I was 17, and I think I wrote my first will when I was in my early 20s. And mm -hmm. so, you know, <clears throat> having that piece and then being like, you know, I have two older sisters and I was divorced, mm -hmm. you know, so young. Yeah. So I felt right. like the black sheep of the family, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I think that I just kind of went off the rails yeah. a little bit after that. Because I'm like, well, I'm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you do. Yeah. That's, like, how you the, that's how you numb the pain. <laughs> yeah. You think you're numbing the pain. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I never partied and all that in high school. So, um, you know, when I got divorced um, that first time, I that was my time to do that mm -hmm. and uh it did not go well so after that so how did that work continuing were you were you looking for another guy to fill the void or were you like i'm gonna be single um well i overlapped that relationship um because one i knew i knew that marriage was over um there's a lot of heartbreak he had um um 
you know, when I say mental illness, I believe that there's a spiritual warfare component to that. Uh, I yep. think it mm-hmm. probably starts with those things yeah. um, and then rewires your brain. Yep. But, um, yeah, there was a, he had pornography addiction and um, there were some dreams and stuff he shared about people in our life, some that were not, some that were minors and, and stuff. And so that, that was where I broke. And mm-hmm. um, I was immediately looking for um, now. I mean, I was almost I, going to compare myself to a parasite because mm-hmm. I was so codependent back then. Mm-hmm. I needed like a host. You yeah. know, I needed yeah. something else to fill that void. And so there was someone else in my life that was a friend that I danced with. And then, you know, that was um, that became marriage number two. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you, you see this, you hear this. <clears throat> um, I talk to a lot of people, obviously, and come across these stories where people come out of one relationship. They don't allow God to develop them, to shape them, to mold them, to break them. The, you know, Jeremiah, the, the potter on the wheel, and cr- show them who they are in Christ. Because that's where you feel secure and you, you, you know where you, you stand in life. Yeah. And But what happens is they don't go through that process. They're wounded. And then they just walk into another relationship. Yep. And another one, and another one, and they take their problems from the first one <laughs> into the next marriage. Yes. And who knows where he's coming? The next guy's coming from. So it's just, it's chaos, and that's not the way God designed it. But we're all humans, yeah. and we do human stupid things. Yes. Um. So how'd that marriage go? <laughs> <laughs> well, it lasted a little longer. Yeah. Um. I had two children mm-hmm. out of that one. Uh, my twins. And they're um, awesome. Yeah, they're 16 now. Um, Gosh. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, if I dive into all of what went wrong, it'll take up the rest of our time. Totally. But I'll just, I'll just summarize and say, you know, it wasn't God's design mm-hmm. for us to be together. I was, um, I checked a box. As soon as he got saved, I'm like, okay, I can marry him. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> rather than going, hmm, God, is this person really right for me? Are we compatible in all these ways for the rest of our life? Is, you know, um, are we, do we have the same vision for our lives? And so um, the one thing we did focus on is he, um, you know, wanted to focus on God and ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I didn't notice that, um, I didn't notice till later that, um once he felt comfortable in that role, um, he didn't need me as much because he really liked, um, you know, the attention I think he got as a, he made, he made ministry his, his first focus. Yeah. But it wasn't even, it wasn't even that he was getting personal. It was more like, um, him receiving the praise of, wow, such a good message or Mm -hmm. this, that. And, and I was the one trying to chase after, the people slipping away and, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, the, the big thing was my love tank was completely empty. We had, mm-hmm. you know, date nights I was getting, you know, shoved off to other people. Oh, don't you want to hang out with this person? Don't you want to mm-hmm. like, mm. so, um, I was pretty much starving. There was no emotional connection. There mm-hmm. was, you know, so, um, you know, I think being in ministry and this is where for me, this was the biggest, <clears throat> the biggest thing that, probably destroyed me the, I mean just the most was because I now I'm in ministry I'm a believer and then I started off with um an emotional affair which turned physical and then 
you know, and then. Well, we know that Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy, and he makes his way in very, very suddenly. And that spiritual warfare that we're talking about, he's he's manipulating and working his way and deceiver. He's a deceiver, and (laughs) he starts deceiving. And when you're when you're in this place, you know, um, like you said, you're not connecting to your to your husband, he's doing his thing. There's a lot of space for the enemy to come in. Yeah. There's a lot of space where he can come in and cause trouble. And that's basically what happens. It's, yeah. it's, and it's very, that's why it's very important, even with ministry, um, for husbands and wives to be united yeah. because that's the one thing he, you hear it time after time, yeah. a pastor dates some girl in the church or the wife takes off. I mean, it's, it's, it's both ways, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, and that's from the outside. They go, oh, well, they're in ministry, this, that. Mm-hmm. But that's why, you know, I feel like God draws me to people that are either, you know, in a relationship or whether it's their marriage, whatever it is. I feel like so called to mm-hmm. to counsel people in relationships because of so much yeah. of the stuff that I've gone through. But um, just because they're a believer doesn't mean that they're for you. Yeah. And, um, you know, there there really is something to personalities and, and people um, you know, being able to understand and communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so it's very true. <sighs> I, I'm, I'm with it. So, yeah. so that didn't work out as well. And so what would you do from that point? Yeah. So that was about eight years, um, relationship. And then, I mean, did you get to a place where you're just like, just, you know, God, what is going on? Like, how come um, I can't get the right Where's the where's the guy that you designed for me? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I was feeling that in both of those relationships, yeah, yeah. you know, just there was still such a lack, mm-hmm. you know, and even though I loved God and was in ministry mm-hmm. for parts mm-hmm. of both of those relationships, yeah. you know, um, it was a combination of one, not being healed and whole as right. a person entering the relationship, yeah. and Two, not being um, with someone that is like-minded and mm. able to, you know, you're the you, marriage takes work and uh, love is is action-based. It's things you do. There's sacrifice and all that. And so, um, I think a lot of people think it's just a feeling. And once the feeling is gone, oh, you know, yeah. it's over. Yeah. But it's it's definitely something you build. Um, but. Yeah, uh, I was, um, you know, if I was the black sheep of the family and feeling like a failure after the first divorce, mm. this one I felt even worse because now I was in ministry and fell mm-hmm. that far. So Yeah, and that's where the place where the enemy comes in, and that's where he starts doing the, the real work on, on your mind. How would you overcome? What, what were the... What, uh, well, before you know? I did, I entered another relationship right in the middle of all of that, and it was terrible. Um, and I think that, um, you know, without diving into all that, cause I want to get to the good, yeah, the good yeah, part. Yeah. Um, you know, I finally, um, being on both sides of the coin, being, being the cheater, being cheated on, um, being neglected, being in a codependent relationship, um, kind of done a lot of it. And, um, you know, coming out of the, uh, third marriage, mm-hmm. Um, is when we became friends. Um, you know, I think that that was the time where God really 
got my attention and it's I was like, let's do this. Yes. Yeah. And in that marriage, I was so alone mm. and so just, you know, crying out like, I want to be used for you. Like mm-hmm. my life isn't about, you know, in and out. It isn't about being married. It isn't about, it's about serving you yeah. and glorifying you. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to be used by God. And so that's when, um, yeah, he gave me the vision for army of love and, um, really started healing, um, alone. And it was the first time in my life that I'd been alone, not in a relationship. So as I'm listening to this story, and this is where we're going to get into all the really, really good stuff is here you are, you're, you're growing up in this, you know, with issues with, with your father. Cause he's, he's, he's racing and he's very active and he's struggling with drugs and, or prescription drugs. He gets, you know, he ODs from, from that and you lose him. And at that place, you're in a broken place, which is understandable, but you're not going to the Father and saying, God, like, I need you to restore me. I am broken. Instead, just like a lot of people, and I, I understand, is like they try to fill that stuff with, with, you know, your job or relationships or people could drink or use drugs just to numb the pain or whatever. But it wasn't until you finally surrendered. And I love God's grace, you know, because you could think, man, there's no way I could bounce back from this. But God's grace is so good, and he loves you, and he was chasing you down the whole time, waiting for you to finally surrender to that point. And then God radically started transforming your life and putting people in your life and giving you vision mm-hmm. for what you had implanted you for a long, from a long time ago. Yeah. But it was suppressed because you just you weren't fully sold out for allowing him to work through you with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So then you met Sean during this time. Yeah. So wow. So what's the difference now with you and Sean now that you actually found the right guy? Yeah. Um, well, I felt like I felt like I was a whole person when I met Sean. And, you know, I had seen a few people before him and I just was like, mm, no, I'm now because I fall quickly and, you know, I'm, I'm all I'm all or nothing. And so I just um I realized I'm like, okay, no more, no more fixer uppers. Like yeah. this oh, has yeah. got to be, yeah. this has got to be someone that's like turnkey is my yeah. expression. Um, and so, you know, he, our first conversation we talked about, um, talked about God. We talked about, um, addiction, him losing a brother, mm-hmm. having a brother, mm-hmm. um, still dealing with addiction. And then my dad and, um, he was in the military, so um, talked with him. How was your experience? And so, you know, there was just a lot of really big um, topics. We talked about politics mm-hmm. in the first conversation because I'm like, I don't want fluff. I don't want bullcrap. Like, yeah. I want to deal with what um, the core of who he is right. and who I am, right. and right. and if we're compatible or if there's a possibility there. That's what's up. So, what about Sean bringing you in? So you met her. What were you looking for? So here you are coming out of the military, freshly, right? Yep. Um, yeah, I was just getting out of the military. Um, my brother was on the streets on heroin, and so um, I, I probably would have stayed in the military. Um, I, I, I liked it. Yeah. I liked the structure. I liked the discipline, um, just the development. But um, anyway, I, I got out um, trying to seek my brother, and... Um, so in that time, um, you know, just getting back home, starting to hang out with the same people, yeah. um, 
just the same routine of the stuff that I left right. before the military, yeah. the drugs, girls, whatever it was. Um, that just I, I saw that stuff creeping back into my life, mm-hmm. and um, I, I, you know, I, I just cried out to God, man. I, I prayed that He would just show me why He created me, mm-hmm. why you know why He He put me here, um, and who I was. I you know I didn't really know who I was. Um, I had watched The Passion of Christ. I think we you know we've shared this story numerous times, but uh, just just watching that. And, and what they they did to Jesus um, destroyed me, and, mm-hmm. and I just you know started crying um, watching that. Just it, I felt like I understood that part of it, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, yeah, in that time I just prayed that God would just show me who I was and and make me a provider for a family. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking. I wasn't necessarily looking for a relationship at the time. Mm-hmm. I was going to school. Yeah. Um, I kind of removed myself. I call it fasting from everybody and everything yeah. in life. I just wanted to isolate myself and focus on school, and I didn't want any anything. Any distractions, basically, yeah. Any distractions, yeah. But, I mean, deep down, I did want a family. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be a, a, a husband, a father. Um, and so I prayed for those things, and uh, about a week later, um, God put Lindsay in my life and I'm, I'm still fixer upper. I'll tell you that right we now. All are. We all are. Don't worry. <laughs> but you know what, Sean, I know you and we've spent some time together and I just watched, you know, watched both of you guys from, from that point when I met you, that last relationship and just how you were going after God and you were staying set apart and waiting. And then as we met you, um, on that date that one time <laughs> in Pasadena, <laughs> um, just getting to know you and just and seeing where your heart's at. Like, you have a heart for people, you know, and I, I've heard other interviews because I've been stalking you, <laughs> even though I know you, um, and your heart's right, and, and, and you really do care about people, yeah. and it's just cool to see now that, I'm getting all choked up now, see? Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's cool to see you guys together and um, how God is uh, using you guys and how you guys don't take your platform for granted and yeah. you're you're doing amazing things with with how you guys birth um uh uh slave to nothing together so I'm all choked up on I can't think straight um slave to nothing together and the impact that that ministry or it's a it's a it's a um a foundation of in and out mm-hmm. but it's to help people with human trafficking mm-hmm. um abuse drug abuse um, I want to talk to you, too, about the In-N-Out Foundation that was started uh, with your grandparents as well for child abuse. And then you guys have your, your ministry, Army of Love. Um, that's a whole that's a whole nother amazing thing that you guys are, are birthing. And me being able uh, me being able to be a part of it and coming to your guys' meetings and seeing how you're, you're pouring in, you're teaching, you're discipling, and just the, the vision and the passion you guys have for the future. I believe this is just the beginning yeah. uh, of what is to come as God has completed continuing to connect you guys. And Lindsay, I've seen through you guys' social media how you guys are putting God first uh, through the Army of Love. I see that Jesus song. Mm-hmm. I see you guys praying in front of every single one of your restaurants uh, on Instagram. And I just see that you're very um, out about your faith, but I know the heart behind it is you're not pushing it down anyone's throat, but you're loving people and you're meeting them there where you're at and you're going to do everything you can to continue to raise funds and continue to fun different nonprofits and ministries to go out that are boots on the ground and really impacting people. Because as you know, 
what we're seeing in society and the state of the world, as you just look at the news, the kids are, they're, they're just going down fast. And the battlegrounds in the school, um, even in different countries, we just got invited to go to the Philippines by the governor to go into the public schools and talk about God because the state of, because of COVID and all the side effects from social media and screen time, it's destroying them. Yeah. And all your guys' nonprofits and your ministry, you guys are actually going into those, those areas. So I know we're going to be going to break in a minute, but I would encourage all the listeners to look up, go to In-N-Out Burger uh, on their um, their nonprofit page. You'll find Slave to Nothing. You'll find the In-N-Out uh, Foundation. Uh, you can look up Army of Love also on the website. Is that armyoflove.com? Yep. Armyoflove.com. That's, that's the ministry as well. If you want to find out more information about that, you can get involved. You could uh, learn more about it. But we're going to come back after the break, and I'm so glad that we actually have 30 minutes after the break to really dig in to this exciting stuff. But the first part of the story that we talked about is important because you guys both come from, you guys had sketchy past and, and painful and, and hurt. Uh, There's abuse, there's addiction, and there's other things that you guys have experienced. So you guys know how to relate. It's not like you're just coming in on your high horses and you know, you've had a, you know, you've been, you know, you've had this great life your whole life. And then you're just like, Oh, we're going to help people. You truly know where people have been and you're helping to reach into those dark areas. And that's what God has called us to do is bring the light to the darkness. And that's what you guys are doing through your guys' nonprofits and ministries. So we're going to be coming uh, to a break right now in a few minutes. I have uh, Sean Ellingson and Lindsay Ellingson, a.k.a. Lindsay Snyder, the president of In-N-Out Burger. We'll be back in two minutes right after the break. More of The Ryan Reese Show, coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Now, back, back to The Ryan Reese Show. All right, it's going down on this Saturday night. I have my friends in studio, Sean and Lindsay Ellingson. Lindsay's name, a.k.a. Lindsay Snyder from In-N-Out Burger, owner and president. And Lindsay, I just want to say really quick, I'm very excited that you guys have made your way to Idaho. <laughs> and now Tennessee. I don't really care too much about Tennessee, but because I'm in Idaho now. But I'm very, very excited, and everyone is excited. So how many, how many stores do you guys have now? Uh, 387. 380. How many do you think you guys put up a year? Like um, now? It depends. You know, we, we will have a, a goal, and then it doesn't always yeah. happen yeah. because of... You know, each city is different, all the, True, permits, all the permits, all the stuff that happens. Well, yeah. I just saw another one pop up in Huntington Beach, too. So, you know, yeah. you just keep popping up, really just keep, keep invading. Yeah. World domination in and out <laughs> burger. Let's oh, go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So before the break, we were talking about, Lindsay, just how you grew up. You know, you, you had your father. He was he was uh, running in and out. He was struggling with um, addiction because of the, all the surgeries, which is common for a lot of the listeners. They get caught up, and he unfortunately passed away from that. From that point, you tried to fill your life with, um, you know, relationships to fill that empty void, which is so common with guys or girls, because you don't people you don't want to be lonely. You're hurt, and you 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 think that a person can help you uh, fix that brokenness inside, but it's only through a relationship with God, which we know, and through a series of divorces, which I could relate, and (laughs) many people can relate these days, that you've God finally brought you the right guy. When you surrender, and that's our good friend Sean over here hanging out, and then Sean, you guys got together, you got married, and um, 
you guys ended up uh, starting the uh, Slave to Nothing. But prior to that, your grandparents started the In-N-Out Foundation. Tell us a little bit about that, and then I want to go through all your nonprofits. Yeah, um, my uncle showed up uh, my mom and dad's doorstep um, in the 80s and had been crying and um, just, like, it finally clicked. And he was like, Guy, my dad's name was Guy. Yeah. He said, Guy, we were abused. And my dad's like, no, yeah, yeah really, no you just you just figure this out, yeah. you know, because my dad's like, he was super honest, real, you know, um, straightforward kind of guy. My uncle was this fun, happy-go-lucky, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe a little bit of denial, yeah. you know. Uh, my dad's like processing it, hurting, you know, struggled with the pain, and my uncle was like distracting himself. Totally. So um, he finally realized um, and came to terms with it. Mm -hmm. And so my mom was there for that. And then of course he reached out to his mom and was like, I want to do something. And so that's when they started. Um, it was called the children's foundation Mm -hmm. back then. Um, and so now, um, it's called the in and out burger foundation, but, um, it's there to prevent and fight child abuse. So Um, you guys, you guys raise money and you guys come along to help, uh, fund different companies that are, going in and yes taking care of children yeah different organizations and um you know there's um just in one year there'd be 400 over 400 organizations that will support um over three million dollars that's amazing uh, yeah so that, it's, yeah it's big it's time. a lot yeah so hey get on board go to the in and out and uh just go to the website and read more about it. it's all there and then when you guys got married you guys started slave to nothing together what, what does slave to nothing mean any of you guys want to jump in? Um, yeah. Oh, we, sorry. Scoop to the mic. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. We uh, we we named it Slave to Nothing just because of uh, obviously the you know there's a, there's slavery out there today in so many different ways and um, you know on one side uh, we fight human trafficking and um, we felt like nobody was doing anything at the time um, it's kind of a you know taboo t- type of thing to talk about and. Um, we just really felt God pushing us to bring awareness to people and do what we can with, you know, what we're called a steward with uh, to fight back. And, uh, and then obviously the other side of that foundation is uh, fighting uh, substance abuse, which both of us have had very personal experiences with and um, most of us here. And, and, um, and you're yeah. a slave to that. Yeah, you're absolutely. You're a slave yeah. to the drugs yeah. and the alcohol. So um, with, with that, what is exactly, um, so tell me a little bit more about the um, Slave to Nothing. What, what do you guys do? You guys are, because you just did a charity recently down at the uh, Orange County, are they called the bunkers or? The fairgrounds. The yeah. hangar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. hangar yeah. in Orange yeah. County. Yeah. And it was packed. Mm-hmm. And you guys, you guys raised a lot of money that particular night to help fund, fund the um, nonprofit. What, um, how many nonprofits are you guys uh, funding or involved with with the Slave to Nothing? Um, so last year we supported um, just over a hundred organizations with over two million dollars. Amazing! So it, go, it goes a long way. Um, we do a lot with our team. Um, I I just cherish the people in our organization um, and their effort. They're just some of the most diligent people that I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And um, you know they they do site visits. They go there personally. Um, we we vet their finances. We do a lot of work to make sure that the organizations that we're supporting right. um, are going to take the money that we're donating as far as possible. 
Um, yeah. That's good. It's not just like you're just releasing cash. Yeah. And you've got to tighten on everything. Yeah, I think it, it just kind of points to, to In-N-Out. In-N-Out has very high standards and yep. it's known for quality yep. and all that. So we really, you see that even in these foundations where we're looking for the best the best organizations that are really making a difference and yep. are, you know, um, utilizing all of the funds to put yeah. it in the right places. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Now and you guys have this other awesome thing that you guys started. when did you start the army of love? How long ago was that? Well, it became, <clears throat> it, it's interesting because I filed even before I met him. Mm-hmm. But it uh, came through and became an actual 501c3 officially right. a week after we got married. So and then that's when it actually started. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. So what, yeah. tell us about this Army of Love. What, what's the goal and what do you guys do with it? Uh, do you want to share? Or do you want to share? Go ahead. Okay. Um, so the vision was just that, um, you know, there would be an online source where people can come and... Um, whether they want to be discipled mm-hmm. and be used by God mm-hmm. with their gifts or um, if they are just seeking help, you mm-hmm. know, whether they're depressed or no matter what it is, relationships, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and the discipleship part um, was really important because I feel like, um, you know, there's a lot of churches out there, but sometimes it, it feels like people that are truly discipled and wanting to disciple others isn't happening in all the churches Mm -hmm. and, or they have their hands full or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, you know, and I thought, uh, army of love would be, um, a force, you know, to be there to support churches, Mm -hmm. um, to be able to help them build discipleship programs Mm -hmm. or be another source for them. Um, and then it's really just uniting and equipping the body of Christ, Mm -hmm. um, for the work of ministry. And, and it all goes, this ties to the heart of even slave to nothing of setting the captives free. Yep. We want to see people healed and yep. transformed. And we want, um, you know, because I was a believer growing up, you know, he was a believer, but we still had all these issues mm-hmm. and they're coming out in our life, whether it be the wrong relationships or, you know, alcohol, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And so, um, being able to reach people even in the church mm-hmm. um, and see them yep. get set free yep. and be a better tool for God to use. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I just had this vision that people would be, um, you know, discipled and, and raised up and then be ready to be deployed and, and sent out to anyone that needs help. And we have a chat function that's um, going to be happening pretty soon on our Army of Love site so people can just... That's you know, awesome. Let, let's talk more about discipleship because that's what you guys like to do. So yeah. it's true. So you have the army of, um, you have the slave to nothing. So this is a foundation that gets people out of being a slave to addiction or even slavery, real slavery. Mm-hmm. And, um, but once you get out as us as believers, we know that when you're, when you're messing with drugs or alcohol or pornography or any of these things that you're a slave to your body appetites, you need to get discipled. Because you need the power of God and discipleship, right? It's um, it's training to show you how to walk out your faith. And t- tell you know, Sean, you, if you want, you could chime in on you know this discipleship thing. What's the important? Why is it so important that people are going to get discipled? And you know, the the things that Army of Love resources will give them. Well, I mean, 
just being equipped and ready to to fight the spiritual warfare in our lives you know that's never ceasing it's always there and it at times is amplified and sometimes you know things might subside for a little bit and we feel like we're doing okay but satan's always around the corner waiting um waiting for us and planning his next attack on us and and it's so that's why it's so important you know to continually be discipled not just be discipled one time or it's it's a lifelong thing yeah it's not like uh oh i took the course i, I went i went today it's yeah. like it's like a someone that gives their life to god they go to church on one day on sunday and they don't read the bible they're like okay i'm a christian yeah, yeah. no it's like you have to know what you believe and yeah. as you read the bible it's you know it's like in james it talks about it's a mirror you look at it you see what your life yep. what's wrong with your life yeah. and then it gives you instructions on how to fix it but the discipleship is the brethren, yeah. the, 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 the team, of people that come alongside. Like the Bible says, iron, iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. You're sharpening, you're training, you're walking alongside. When they fall, you pick them up. You know, like when you're in, you're in war, like a brother gets wounded, you pick them up and you're going to keep carrying them to the medic tent. And the medic tent is the discipleship. It's the God. It's the church. It's, yeah. the, it's the word of God, basically. Yeah. yeah the, you know, the Bible has everything we need to, to show us who we are and tell us who we are. Like you said, James, I, I believe that's James one one twenty three. Looking in the mirror, you know, mm -hmm. we forget what we look like the second we turn away. Yeah. And so when we, when we turn away from the Word of God, that's what happens to us. And unfortunately, um, you know, I'm sure people that might go to church one day a week, it definitely isn't enough um, to have a relationship with the Lord. And there's probably a lot of chaos in their life. And um, discipleship is absolutely the way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, digging in and, and continuing to grow and learn. Um, you know, preceding that, I think, you know, for me too, and with our ministry, Army of Love, um, kind of going off, off the topic a tiny bit here, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's a few words that I, that I had on my heart today. Yeah. Um, gratitude is one. Intentionality is another. And selflessness. Mm -hmm. um, God gives us the commandment to love Him and others um, as the first and foremost out of everything in the Bible. And so those are the, you know, the two greatest commandments that basically fulfill everything. And so as we become disciple and we learn who our identity is in Christ, um, we, we grow and learn toward fulfilling those commandments, um, which is why discipleship is, is so important. But um, for me, it wasn't until I experienced God's love for me um, and continually going forward, I, I always try to hold on to recognizing what God has done in my life so that I'm continually grateful uh, for the people in my life and the things that he's done for me. Um, and, and when I have that, then I want to serve him. I want to I be there. I want to be discipled. Um, and so that's a, that's a hard part, and that's why we started Army of Love is diving into some of those issues in our past to set us free uh, to give us the courage and the strength to go forward and pursue a relationship with the Lord. And everyone everyone needs this. It's not like just we're not talking to you, the listeners, like <clears throat> just you. Everyone needs it. I was discipled. Yeah. I am just I'm still getting discipled. Uh, you're getting discipled. You're getting discipled. That's what God has called us to do. And here's a, uh, an awesome um, platform and ministry that, that you guys are creating to to come alongside different ministries. So if you're a church leader, contact them at Army of Love, learn more, and then you guys are getting a, like a live chat so people can kind of, you know, tune in in the middle of the night or during the day and people get back to you. Yeah, you know, we can direct people with different resources if mm -hmm. they're seeking help or prayer. Yeah, yeah that's kind of what we want to do is be available. 
Yeah, we feel like we're, um, you know, a, a connector too. Like we, we know we don't want to reinvent the wheel. We know there's a lot of other ministries that yeah. specialize in certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like Chad, you know, Chad um, from the Mighty Oaks Warrior Program. You know, there's. Um, there's a few different people that we know in, in specific areas. And so um, we want to be able to point people like Teen Challenge. Yeah. You know, awesome. Um, yep. You know, we want to be able to point people in those directions mm-hmm. as well. But then also on a personal level, you know, be able to meet someone, do heart healing, be yeah. able to pray with them yeah. if there's relationship counseling, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. You know? No, 100%. So. Awesome. Well, I know you guys have a uh, the 75th anniversary in and out party that's going to be coming up. Um, we could talk about that unless you guys have any last things you guys would like to say about ministry or before we get to the 70, before we get to the party, the 75th anniversary in and out party here in, uh, is that Laverne or Pomona? It's right on the edge. It's you right know, it's on the edge. The Pomona, the Pomona, it's, it's the race. The map track will there. show yeah. Laverne sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Before we talk about the big party coming up, do you have any, uh, last words as far as like encouragement just for someone that's coming from where you where you are at with yeah. relationship after relationship <clears throat> yeah or maybe maybe not married several times but just trying to find the right guy yeah or maybe he just feels lonely and broken and maybe you had a relationship with God but you feel maybe feel he's distant or you're running just however you want to speak to those people that are in those areas then I'm gonna come to you Sean yeah um you and know take your time <laughs> advice that I like to give people is just that, you know, instead of seeking a relationship, um, make sure you seek God and know that you're whole and healed. Um, Mm -hmm. because if you're going to that relationship to get, um, you're likely not going to be able to give as much because if you're healed and whole, then you have a lot more to offer in that relationship. But if you're like, I need someone or I need, you know, to fill that void, which is where I was, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they weren't ever going to be able to fill that void. And even Christians still do this. You mm-hmm. know, they say, oh, well, yeah, no, I, I have God in my life. Well, so did I. Yeah. But there's a difference between having God in your life and um, and actually healing those areas, those wounds, and, and being whole and then going into a relationship. Okay. How, do, how does someone do that? What does that look like mm-hmm. practically for someone that goes, okay, I want to. <laughs> yeah. What do I do? Yeah. I well, call myself a Christian. I go to church, but still. Yeah, I think, you know, what we would do, and we do this with um, people in our ministry, is um, we, we call them like heart healing sessions. Yeah. And it's really going back to the beginning. So we talk through their childhood. Mm-hmm. We talk through different um, experiences, whether there's painful things that have happened to them, things they've done that they have guilt over, whatever it is. We walk through their whole life with them. And then, of course, the Holy Spirit kind of just points out certain mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see um, by their reaction and where they are the things that are mm-hmm. that produce strongholds in their life. Yeah, yep. So you see yep. the strongholds. And then you go to the root and you go, okay, well, we don't want to just tell them, well, stop doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, we have to go to the root. Why those strongholds are there? And we have to pray. We have to break it down, get them to walk through because, you know, our mind is a big part of all of this, you know, like what we do, our mind's going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, what we say, our mind's going to be there, you know, patterns, our mind. So, um, you know, just about 
being um, transformed by the renewing of your mind and confessing your trespasses to one another so you may be healed and prayer, all of that. So I, I, was, I want to yeah. let you continue, but I want to yeah. point out something how you were talking about when you, when you go through things from people's past, those strongholds, dude, the strongholds could be, because the stronghold might be a weird name for someone that's listening. They don't know what that is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a, it's like almost like a foothold that the enemy Satan has in your yeah. life. <clears throat> Excuse me. It could be through like bitterness, yep. anger, resentment, yeah. anger, of something that's happened fear. in the past, fear, yeah, and that—that's this is embedded in you, and this is how Satan, the devil, he he gets hooked onto your life, if you will, yeah. and it gives them access to your life. So you're you're continuing to struggle with the stuff, and you're having anger and bitterness and stuff, but it's something that could happen a long time ago that you've never released to God or asked God to help you with forgiveness. Yeah, and that's what you're talking well, about. And those things, I mean, there's prayer and there's mm-hmm. active. Renew like self control of mm. renewing your mind and mm. saying no, I'm not going to keep thinking that. You right. Know? Yeah. Or you know if it's depression, like okay, there's there's the prayer part, there's the spiritual warfare mm. component, but there's also rewiring your brain and telling yourself gratitude. Yeah. What are all the things I'm I'm because if you keep focusing on all the problems, mm. those just get larger and larger. Mm. But if you are using your gifts, if you're focusing on all the wonderful things you're grateful for, you know, it starts to change. It starts to change the way you think. So um, I believe that that is one of the greatest things we can do, um, not just for a relationship, a marriage, but for being vessels of God's love, you know, um, because the more healed and whole we are, and if we're able to do it with a partner and that is like-minded and on that same page, then, um, you know, we're just or that much more effective and able to show God's love to others. Because I look at it like we're this cup, right? And if you have um, maybe some, some stuff that's stuck to the insides or something that's already filled, it's filled up a little bit with something else, God's love goes into it, but you have other things taking up space. And <clears throat> that affects the cup. So, um, when, and then when you pour it somewhere, you know, whatever was already in there is being mixed with what yeah, you're pouring out. Right. So, so you gotta allow God to clean you. Yes. Out. From the inside. From out, the inside just like out. the, like the first. All right. Um, we have a couple minutes left. Mm-hmm. What, you have any last words? Um, you know, I just, I, I dealt a lot with, um, with fear and, and just holding secrets in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, I was molested at, at a, at a time and it was one of the hardest things for me to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you that I never experienced God like I did until I did, mm-hmm. until I did open up about that. Um, and it was because someone else talked about it mm-hmm. and, you know, they, they encouraged me to step forward in that. And so I just want to encourage people, you know, if they're, dealing with something, they think they're going to take it to their grave or whatever it is, um, look for a, a Bible study group, a church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even in the last few years, I've developed relationships with some of the guys in our group um, who I feel very close to and, and I can talk about anything with. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think that I had that, you know, for a lot of years in my life. Yeah. But I see just how powerful and beneficial it is and it has been for me to have that in my life. Um, Lindsay was actually the one that, you know, really, really pushed into my life. She, she knew there was something there that I hadn't dealt with. And, um, I mean, man, I, I broke down in tears and I just fell apart. But I just fell apart in, in, a, in such a way of uh, 
of release and mm-hmm. like freedom. Yeah, freedom. And exactly. I just that changed my life. Mm-hmm. That was that was probably that pivotal moment in my life that changed my direction um, to to live for God. That's amazing. Yeah, that was I I, I did hear about that. Yeah, I think I heard you um, uh, say it when you were at the turning point. Yeah. Event. And I was like, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but you left after I didn't get a chance to see you. But that's that's powerful because so many people, there's a lot of people that have been through that. And yeah. when they hear of someone that has been through that and has come through and, <clears throat> and yeah. is walking out without being, you know, depressed and letting the enemy just mess with their mind, holding that in. Yeah. They could be set free too. I mean, it, it led me in my life to, to you know coping with with that with drugs and alcohol yeah. and girls yeah. and just every other thing that yeah <laughs> that exactly was, yeah it's amazing. Well, God is good, man, and I, I just we're we're gonna be wrapping up here. Thank you guys for being on the show. It was awesome, awesome. and we'll do it again another time when you guys have some more stuff to talk about about cool sure. things that you guys are taking over the world with. <laughs> you guys have Africa stuff too. We didn't even get into all that, but that's a whole other conversation of ministry. Let's talk about. The 75th anniversary party. Yeah. Anniversary for uh, In-N-Out. Yeah, yes. This this is the year. We're celebrating 75 years, and um, it's October 22nd, and we're having a festival, which is the first In-N-Out festival. Um, uh, so, you know, if you want to get more information and find out when the tickets are on sale, it's uh, ino75thfestival.com. Um, but it's, it's going to be probably one of the coolest events ever. I'm going to get, um, hey, I'm going to get your back. Okay. Cause I know it's your event, but I've been to the in and out picnics yeah. and they are insane. Yes. I can't even imagine what this, and I've been to your birthday, your yeah. 40. So I don't yeah. even know whatever's going to happen at this is going to be insane. It is. So we're going to have car show, drag racing. Um, we're going to have different bands play music through the decades, um, we're going to have a couple big headliners, which we're announcing in May. Let's go. Um, <laughs> and then um, our band is actually going to open 48 for them. special. Yeah. So that's that's fun. And then uh, we actually have a Rock to Freedom event within the festival. Oh, so cool. That's the awesome. The event we normally have in October. Perfect. We'll have there. Dude, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So between that and then we'll have rides, of course, mm-hmm. in and out. Yeah. You know, some mm-hmm. other yummy fair type food <laughs> yeah all right well we are wrapping up the show i cannot wait it's on my calendar i want do you can't wait to see who's gonna be on this band lineup <laughs> this is gonna be insane all right so uh to find out more about uh these guys Lindsay and um sean go to army of love to check out their ministry go to in and out burger find out about slave to nothing the in and out foundation and much much more and you guys are on social media uh, go to In-N-Out Burger and, and Lindsay Snyder on, um, on Instagram and Facebook and all that good stuff and follow her. You'll see the cool pictures from their parties, your guys' band, slaying it with the music, eating fire, and all kinds of exciting stuff. There's a lot more you guys don't know about these guys, so get on social media, find them, tune in. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in every week. Go to whosoevers.com. Book us to come to her. We want to invade the public school system. We love you guys. Thank you. Have an amazing day, and we will uh, talk to you guys next week. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. 
To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show.